It's time for Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And here is your host, Inside Towers business editor, John Celentano. Hello, everyone. We appreciate you sitting in with us today. You can tell the telecom business is changing and growing when you hear new terms like data analytics or digital twins. In their simplest form, these terms refer to more and better site information when it comes to towers and other wireless infrastructure. Better information means not just more detail, but more accurate detail about towers and other sites, and the list of equipment that is installed at those sites, as well as the conditions of that equipment. New technologies are being applied to streamline and simplify that data collection and analysis. Better site information ultimately means better decision-making by the tower companies and their wireless service provider customers on knowing when and how to dispatch tower crews to perform either maintenance, modifications, or new wireless equipment installations at one or more of these sites. Ultimately, informed decision-making means saving money. Capturing site data and analyzing that data is no longer just nice to have, but increasingly is required as the pace and associated cost of wireless equipment deployments picks up. New companies have been formed to undertake the task of gathering data at each site, then organizing and presenting that data in ways to support the decision-making. Today, we're talking to Pointivo, a data analytics company. I'm joined by Dan Cipreri, Pointivo co-founder and CEO, and Sam McGuire, Pointivo's Director of Business Development. Dan, Sam, welcome to Tower Talks. Hey, John, great to be here. Thanks for having us. Great. Well, Dan, why don't you give us the scoop on how you got into the data analytics business and what led you to found uh, Pontivo? Yeah, sure, John. So um, so let me just summarize. Pontivo, we're a software company that's founded on the vision of automating the heavily manual processes that people do every day in companies that deal with large physical assets. And a a cell tower is a great example of physical asset with a lot of manual processes. So we started the company uh, almost seven years ago based on the technology that my co-founder developed in his PhD uh, program, he had figured out how to mathematically look at a scene, typically through images, to create a digital replica or a twin of that scene, and then identify what important objects or assets in it, measure them very accurately, and then analyze the condition of those assets, and then report data. So those are the things that we figured out how to do mathematically, and they're also a lot of the same things that people do manually every single day. So you know, they walk a structure or any cell tower, they may climb it, important assets or equipment on it. They measure them, inspect them in conditions. So um, then they all have to pull it all together and report. So those are the processes that we automate. We started in the roofing space initially, um, and we are really the leader in that space. Uh, we analyzed over 60,000 roofs last year. And we moved into the tower space about three years ago. And with a very special, specialized application built on that same platform, and we processed over 10,000 towers in the tower space in the uh, last year, and we're going to do probably 25,000 this year. That's awesome. So, I, I mean, that still represents a small fraction of the total base of towers that are installed. So I would think there's a, a pretty good upside to all of this business. We believe so. Yeah, very good. Um, so it seems like... Um, uh, once the tower codes and the operators have access to the kind of output you're describing, there's uh, no going back to uh, the higher cost methods that uh, we've used in the past. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's fair. I think what we're looking at here is really a, a digital transformation. Um, if you look at 
the, the traditional workflows and a lot of climber-based uh, data collection methods, um, while heavily detailed in a lot of regards and done by professionals in the space, it lacks a lot of context around um, surrounding areas, maybe where photos were taken. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to reference back over time. And I think what we're doing is giving folks an amazing digital baseline of an asset that becomes you know, uh, a time-stamped version of that that we can learn from over, over uh, concurrent site visits um, over time. So uh, Sam, talk, talk about how you actually collect the uh, tower site data. Do you, do you have your own uh, drones or do you use drone companies? Uh, how does that work? Yeah, it really kind of depends on uh, where our customers are in the adoption cycle. So we're starting to see more and more folks who have been a part of the traditional workflows um, getting more and more interested in drones themselves. And with them, we are able to just provide uh, an automated flight application that takes all of the um, detail around collecting and and flying the drone and putting it in the hands of a, a software program that was tailored specifically for telecom tower flights. Um, and then on the other side, if you're working with a team that maybe hasn't had a chance to explore drones yet, we have a, a very comprehensive uh, network from coast to coast, about mm-hmm. 1,700 pilots, mm-hmm. and we right. equip them with the exact same software. So data that comes in is going to look the exact same no matter who is out on site. Now, is this uh, do you have to feed this software first, like load it with data of, of the site, or is it... Uh... Is it pretty much just um, programmed to gather certain types of information? Yep. So, so with uh, you think about towers, every time you show up to a site, it's a little different than the, mm-hmm. the last site you were at. And we are uh, tailoring our method to to keep that in mind. So, really, all you have to do on site is give the software a couple of key parameters around the tower height, where rad centers reside, and then importantly, any obstacles that might exist whether it be a, a tree or a power line or, or another building. And then with those lightweight components and a, and a small understanding of the surrounding area, the rest of the collection uh, is completely automated. Hmm. Now, when, once you gather that data, I guess in, in its raw form, then Dan, you were talking about some, some pretty sophisticated software you have behind that to, to crunch those numbers, I would think, right? Yeah, we do. And that's where the whole process really gets interesting because we, we, when the imagery comes in, we run our algorithms through a whole set of uh, sequence of things that happen from not only building that digital twin, but analyzing what's on it, mapping it back to actual equipment. Um, and one thing that uh, when you talk about understanding an asset, we do integrate into the existing systems for a customer. So they have a system of record of what they know today. We're giving them a, a real life uh record of what's out there and really bringing those two together. And we have algorithms that do that as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole series of things that we do that present a really useful uh, set of uh, capabilities to the user. I imagine this allows the customer to do some kind of data cleanup on whatever records they have up to that point. And that'd be pretty important, I would think. Yeah, we are hearing from a number of customers that they, that they uh, would like their data to be a little more accurate. And that integration of the backend system really helps to where they are pulling the system live in, mapping it, and then putting it back into that existing system. So it's really mm-hmm. synchronizing them and at the end of the day, they have a very accurate representation of what's really in the field. So who, who are your main customers in the wireless business? So you mentioned uh, you, you have customers outside the industry and uh, rooftops and, and that sort of thing, but in, within wireless, I mean, who, who are you really serving? 
Yeah, so obviously um, from the tower ownership side of the business, it, this is a no-brainer, uh, a comprehensive understanding of a single asset and then how that rolls out into an entire portfolio um, becomes a value add across their entire enterprise. Uh, you know, We've been thinking for years and years around site visits and how that is impactful to the operational side of the business. Now, after a site visit, we're bringing in data into a format that could be really helpful for folks on the sales and leasing side of the business to go mm -hmm. understand mm -hmm. where vacancies exist and how to optimize a single structure. And then obviously with the state of the industry now, um, it becomes a really great uh, opportunity to go out and with a lightweight workflow, understand a whole portfolio that might be part of an acquisition as people expand their portfolios. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then obviously the the teams like we mentioned at the beginning that have been doing on tower work for a long time are starting to really see the benefits of this, where we can take a, a very rapid assessment out in the field, turn that into a really strong deliverable where engineering level uh, workflows can can happen. So uh, it's it's really kind of transcending the entire supply chain and. The more and more people are interacting with it, the more we're starting to understand around use cases. And I think we're really just at the beginning of this from mm -hmm. an adoption standpoint. And I understand it's more than just towers. I mean, any any site that might be considered to put antennas or radios, um, you could survey in the same manner and collect the data in, in a similar fashion. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. We, we see a lot of interest in some of the non-traditional sites like a, a water tower. Yeah. But then yeah. as Dan mentioned before, we've done uh, an immense amount of work on rooftops and as network deployments continue to evolve, any any surface uh, in an urban or rural environment is is fair game. And we think <laughs> that is. that crossover is going to really show through and we're going to see the benefits of this type of technology, um, pulling the, that understanding uh, of those different portfolio aspects together. So do the, do the carriers themselves use this information? I mean, they obviously they have, have to design a site. They need to know where the antennas are going uh, on the tower and where, where cables are gonna be run and well, either RF cables or power cables, what have you that. So is it, how is that information shared with them? Is it through the tower company or are they direct customers of yours as well, Dan? Yeah, well, so um, it can work either way. Um, you know, sometimes it's the carriers that are that are working through the tower owners for some of that information, or directly with carriers. It's all the right. same information, right? It's all yeah, and yeah. it's all consolidated in one place and uh, and can serve many different purposes. Got it. Okay. So Sam, why don't you walk us through the steps that might be involved when a, a tower owner uh, you know, approaches you, they wanna hire you to do a, a site survey. Um, what, what, what's the process there? Do they have to give you a spec of some kind or um, how does that go forward? Yeah, you know, one of the things we've been talking about a lot recently is um, if you have a, a good drone program, it shouldn't really feel much different than any of your operations have for, um, you know, it, since your business has been around. And uh, that could be just as simple as providing a site list and understanding that we want a comprehensive understanding of each one of the, the structures mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. sits within that. Uh, the way that we're collecting out in the field, again, is kind of tailored towards whether or not a team has drones in-house or if, or if they need um, a drone service provider to, to visit the site for them. But no matter how that takes place, the 
the output on the back end is the same because we're keeping collection automated and geared towards these these tower assets specifically. Um, and then so at the, at the end of this workflow, you have a an engineering grade digital twin has a really great dimensional uh, understanding of all the asset components, not just tower, but also the compound itself. And, and from there, that's really mm -hmm. where all the workflows begin. We've we've been able to go out, collect data rapidly, turn it into um, something that can power workflows and analytics, no matter what department is is interested in it. Mm -hmm. um, where's the data stored, and, and how does the customer access it, or do you process it and give them a final report? What's what's involved there? Yeah, so so it really does. Uh, there's an end-to-end -end process here, all done through the cloud. So post-site visit, the the data transfer uh, shoots right into the cloud, and all of our tools are accessible just through a web browser. So mm -hmm. really lightweight, and and with that, especially in this era of remote work, your entire enterprise gets to see the benefit of it with a, a simple login, um, and then. The report outputs, you know, one of the things that I think differentiates, differentiates us is where we are from an integration standpoint. So if a customer does have a backend system that their entire enterprise is already using, okay. we can bolt onto that. Um, and if not, we also just become a really organic extension of some of the processes that might already exist from a workflow perspective. So mm -hmm. um, we've built our tool to output into formats that the industry is used to so that they can leverage what we know in a digital twin out in a CAD environment and things like that. Yeah, I would say that one of the things that differentiates us also, though, is just the scalability of it. And when I think about scaling, you know, it's not going to scale an organization if you require a $50,000 drone, right? It has to work with a drone, a $1,500 drone that, that people are buying today. Um, it also has to be fully automated such that you get report, you get output within a day versus a week. Um, also, you really have to be at a cost that matters. You know, if you can't sell it up the chain to, to make it affordable for the organization, it's not going to happen. So I think that's really the part that we've solved is to make it truly a scalable solution. I, I think you were describing the scenario, uh, Dan, earlier when we um, you talked about how quick and easy it was to fire up the drone and, and, and put it through its paces and gather the information, then move on, right? Yeah. And what, you, what was that scenario yeah, so you were telling me about? Our goal is to have a, a one battery flight, meaning under 20 minutes. And I was just out uh, the other day uh, on site and it was about a two and a half min, minute setup and an 18 minute flight on a 170 foot tower. Hmm. So think about that, you know, the, the pilot, whether it's your internal pilot or uh, a pilot on the drone pilot network, be able to, walk on site, unpack, fly in 20 minutes, back back up and be out within 45 minutes. And that's that's scalable. That's a scalable solution. So is, is it, it's more than just cost savings that, that customers are realizing here. Uh, um, where in the in the whole scheme of things are they, are they actually benefiting um, either cost-wise or operationally, Sam? Yeah, so I think it, if you look at the industry as it exists today, we're uh, kind of in an unprecedented era. We have, mm -hmm. we're, we're post merger and post pandemic with a fourth carrier coming online. And with that, we're, we, we have a, you know, a, a backlog of work and a shortage of labor. So even just being able to dispatch one uh, technician with a drone to a site and collect this type of data is a huge win. 
the on on-site time is uh, much faster than a traditional climb. So the number of assets that could be visited per day is pretty significant as well. Um, but then I do think the, the real power of this is on the back end as it relates to analytics and what, no matter where you sit within the supply chain, it's a really great tool to understand fully what's going on on site, share that very rapidly uh, across your teams or with end clients. Um, and, and then realistically, it's just such an, a great extension of the workflows that have existed for a long time. Um, talking about carriers before, this is one of the primary use cases we're hearing now is closeout packages after something's mm -hmm. been done on site. Mm -hmm. If we've already got uh, a, an individual scan of a tower, looking at them side by side is inherently a, a great closeout package mechanism where you have the same, same version of the tower in two different periods right. of time. And we have algorithms yeah. that will automatically detect changes and will show you everything that's changed in that tower during the, the mod. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we know that a lot of tower records have been either over time or, or just because there's been so many independent inputs, those records sometimes get uh, corrupted or, or certainly inaccuracies build. So th this, uh, again, goes back to the point we made earlier about cleaning up the um, the database and uh, and presenting accurate information, but it also you also mentioned the fact that once you know what's on the site pr prior to a climb, the the climbers know exactly what they're they're dealing with then going as they go up the tower, right? It's not like uh, they have to make the climb then figure out what they're dealing with it, either in terms of equipment that's there or perhaps you know we've seen in the aftermath of some major storms uh, damages that. You know, we're not evident from the ground, but they could only see when they got up close. So, definitely, and I think you know we talk about that a lot with customers on all sides of the business. One, you end up with a lot smarter climb, right? If we understand exactly what we're going out to look at, um, and and there is a version of this, we we know where on tower we're going to be operating, what that operation might look like. Um, but then some of the an example of a a workflow that we've been working through recently is a, a drone flight takes place prior to a climb. And mm -hmm. what that's able to do is, is reduce some of the more dangerous workflows, yeah. like reaching out over a mount to, to get down tilt and azimuth and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the, the hybrid solution where there's a, a pre climb flight followed by a smarter uh, approach to the elevated work is going to be an important uh, evolution of, of field work itself. Yeah. Well, safety certainly is a consideration here, and then ultimately as uh, cost savings and they're, they're just doing more efficient work because they know what they're dealing with before they Definitely. get on the tower. Yeah. It, back in when I was doing a TIA climbs, you get out to a site and you might climb a, a 400 foot guide tower and only run into deficiencies at the first couple hundred feet. And then, but still have to ascend the other right. 200. Right. And one of the things we talk about with ownership groups now is if you have a good understanding and call it a, a desktop TIA, when you understand what remedial work needs to happen on site, you can uh -huh. give the technicians that are going to go out that to that site uh, an understanding of exactly what elevation they need to reach and then what the, what the actual totality of the climb needs to look like right. rather than right. top to bottom uh, for no reason. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Um, it, the, the relative cost of doing this compared to other methods. I mean, uh, you mentioned something about uh, 
it's relatively affordable in, in the whole scheme of things, Dan, I think. Uh, uh, just give us a sense of, you know, what kind of costs we might be looking at if somebody was to, I don't mean, you don't have to quote me a price or anything, but, you know, in terms of um, the, the cost savings in going this route versus, uh, you know, having a manual method applied. I think uh, we're at a pivotal time as it relates to drone operations in the space. And when you think about uh, building out a program like this, it's essentially taking a new department to market. We have aerial robotics that are now an extension of our, our workforce and our workflows. Um, I do think on the cost side of things, we are seeing huge benefits to just being able to roll a single person out to site versus two, a two team, a two person team for climbers. Um, but then on the on the back side of things, you look at post site visit workflows um, in a lot of organizations are a pretty cumbersome report generation process mm -hmm. because you're combing through disparate data sets and right. and kind of piecing them together. And we always say, you know, if you look at Excel files and Word doc and some of the um, tools that people are using to build out the reports for this industry, none of those were ever built specifically for for towers themselves, right? right? So right. when we put it into a space like Pointivo has built, um, the outputs can be pretty direct from the data analytics itself, rather than having to piece mm -hmm. together a number of different platforms mm -hmm. for that end result. And I think those hours on the back end um, are, are gonna be hugely mm -hmm. impactful, not only to the cost side of things, but it is a, it's a quality of life component. When you've been out on site all day and now you're back in the hotel, a cumbersome workflow doesn't right. doesn't uh, get anybody excited. So being able to upload to the cloud and know that most things are taken care of from there is it's a huge win for the workforce. I would think so. Well, look, this is this has been interesting. Um, any concluding thoughts or wrap up points you, that we didn't touch on? You'd like to make us aware of here? Or, um... Yeah. So I'll just um, I'll. Uh, add on to what Sam said just about the efficiency side of it is because we, we think a lot in terms of return on investment. Yeah. We talk about this being a scalable solution it has to be affordable. And so we yeah. work with customers yeah. ensuring that we're delivering the value such that they can justify it in the organization. Because it's, yeah. if, if you can't justify it with an ROI, you're not going to do it. And we're very aware of that. And we've built a scalable solution to support it. Would, there's other companies in the business. So you, this, this is becoming a fairly competitive piece of the wireless business, I would think. Are you, are you, you run into a, a lot of competition in, in, in dealing with the customers, um, tower companies and or carriers? Yeah, I would say you know, a few years ago, uh, there were not many. There are definitely others out there today. And what I tell you what we're hearing from our customers from a differentiation standpoint, one is the cross-functional benefits to the organization. Mm -hmm. Sam covered that saying, we're not just a digital twin provider. We're providing real functionality in an automated way to all the different groups of the organization. Um, also scalable, as I mentioned, don't yes. use off-the-shelf drones, uh, fully automated, very fast results. Uh, so it allows you to get results quickly and effect, um, efficiently. And then um, accuracy is something that people just expect, but I don't actually think that they know how accurate their solutions are. We absolutely mm -hmm. know the accuracy of ours. We, uh, we have had a very simple but uh, effective solution. We've tested it with laser scans and we double check it automatically. And mm -hmm. that's 10,000 towers. We know they were all accurate. So that was just there. And then the fourth point we hear a lot is something we call a wow factor. 
It's about the user. <laughs> it's kind of funny because we'll hear a couple of days after a demo and they'll say, man, we just remember how good yours looked and how useful it was uh, from something. We haven't seen anything like it before. So just the usability of it's really important. Yeah. We, Excellent. And I think uh, just to just to follow on to that, one of the things that comes up a lot just in our our calls and our strategy sessions internally is um, we're excited about solving this problem for the industry. Um, mm -hmm. I've been very fortunate to have spent some time on Tower and know that the there's going to be some huge impact and value driven by the evolution of this workflow to the point where um, we're gonna be looking at a, a very different reality in the next 12 to 24 months as this scales up and the impact is, is gonna be felt across the board. And, and that is one of those things that gets you out of bed in the morning. Well, we already hear uh, both directly and anecdotally about um, uh, the need for more qualified workers, uh, the need uh, to, to deploy quickly, that sort of thing. So having better information going in to a site, I think lends itself to more efficient work workflow and ultimately um, uh, faster or more efficient deployments and all uh, and with associated cost uh, deferments as well. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think we, um, we're we also at, at an exciting time in the industry. We're going, uh, we do a lot of work with Nate and also TIA yeah. um, and with the revision of the 222 standard, we mm -hmm. are, potentially looking at uh, a pretty a paradigm shift where drones could very realistically be written into the way that the industry is allowed to operate. Um, and if we get that, I think it, it sets a precedent and, and creates uh, a mindset where this is really a tool in the toolbox for the entire industry, not, not a service that, that lives outside of it. Well, that would be significant, wouldn't it? Yeah, we're, yeah, if we got we're to shooting that for it. Yeah, very good. Well, look, uh, Dan, Sam, we appreciate you uh, joining us today and enlightening us, actually, uh, on this important and growing field of data analytics. Um, tell us how uh, any of our listeners uh, might want to get in touch with you if they, they have an interest in taking the discussion further. Sure. Uh, yeah, just reach out direct. So um, feel free to ping me at, it's just sam at pointivo.com. And then obviously we'd love to have people check out the website and you can request a demo up in the top right of our, our homepage or on the telecom tab. I haven't seen that demo yet. I might take you up on it. Please. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, and, and thanks to everyone who joined in on the conversation today. Stay tuned for the next Tower Talks episode and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.